Yo, party people, what's going on? Welcome back to the South End Cinema Look and Listen podcast. What I'm watching. Welcome back to the podcast streets scenario and situation. <laughs> now, welcome back to the South End Cinema podcast. Uh, it's your man Leonard. It's been a while since we've recorded something. Actually, it's been it's been so long that I got a new computer. The one that I was using previously was was hella old. I think I got it around like sometime around 2013 or 14. And here it is now, 2022. And I just got a new one. So recording my first podcast on this new iMac. I got it you know, a few months ago. It's August now. Got this probably in like April or something. So I've had it for a few months. I actually worked on a, um, a video project. For the first time in a while, shout out to my man Jamil. And after this LLC, did a video for him. He's got a um, thing that he does on his uh, main Instagram and on his after this Instagram and all, all the other social media platforms as well. It's called Fifty Two Fridays. Um, if you think back to like um, the show Run's House, where at the end of each episode they would show Rev Run in his bathtub doing like an inspirational quote or email like a inspirational email i think it was to uh like friends and family that's what my man does um so he's been recording those for a couple of years and i worked on something for that um stringing all of those together um i'm not sure if it's available anywhere but just go to um you know check out after this llc um they've got a website they've got merch they have, um, he's got an Instagram page, Twitter page, um, TikTok, you know, all the major joints. So if you want to check those out and check out what they've got going on, again, it's after this LLC. And uh, I'll put that in the, the show notes. Um, but yeah, man, we are here to talk about some of the TV and film that I've been checking out recently. Uh, like I said, here we are at the beginning of August of 2022. So um, as I record this, these are some of the more recent things. Um, there's some stuff that I could go back to and um, I may mention um, sometime in the near future. But right now I've got like a, a list of a few a few things and we're going to go ahead and dive into them, share a few thoughts um, and, you know, try not to spoil things too much for you, but uh, just to go ahead and put it out there if you haven't seen any of these shows or films and you don't want to hear anything that may be a spoiler then you might want to take a pause for the cause check the joint out and then come back to this so the first thing that we're going to talk talk about here today is um better call Saul um for those who don't know it is a, a spinoff slash prequel to the show Breaking Bad I believe Breaking Bad was on from like 08 to 2013. And uh, Saul Goodman was a character that was on that show. He was a lawyer, like a really sleazy lawyer that had, um, you know, all these TV ads and radio ads and stuff like that. And his tagline in those was, hey, better call Saul. So, you know, like if you're in such and such trouble or you've been in an accident or if you've got mesothelioma, better call Saul. You know what I'm saying? It was like one of those type of things. Um, so this show is a, a spinoff, like I said, but it's a prequel. So everything that happens 
in this show happens before Breaking Bad. So before 2008 or before the particular date, I don't remember if they gave us a specific date that the show is supposed to start. But whatever happens on Saul is before that. Um, so they've had about five seasons so far. Um, this is season number six, I believe. And um, we're coming down to the end. Like um, this week we had, uh, I believe the 11th episode. There's supposed to be 13. So we've got uh, two episodes left. And actually where we are now, spoiler alert, once again, spoiler alert, where we are now is we've caught up to the Breaking Bad timeline. And so, you know, they introduced Walter White and Jesse Pinkman um, in in this week's episode of Saul. And I just want to say overall, Better Call Saul has been a great ride. Um, it's not Breaking Bad. If you came into it years ago, excuse me, or even if you come into it more recently, deciding to check it out. If you came into it with the expectation that it was going to be Breaking Bad, then you had the wrong expectations. What this is, like I said, is a prequel. And it's about a character that is not Walter White. So, you know, we learn as we go through the journey of Saul, we find out how a man named Jimmy McGill, Jimmy McGill became Saul Goodman. Um, and he's actually not even Saul until like the end of like the second or third season or something like that. So you get a lot of, a lot of Jimmy McGill, but you get the things that build him, you know, that carry him to the point of becoming this character that we saw on Breaking Bad, um, as well as character named Mike, who was a big character in Breaking Bad, um, and the guy Gustavo Fring, played by, played by Giancarlo Esposito, um, he's also in this. So you get a bit more of their origin story as well, because when you see them, they were already kind of like in the middle of you know what they were to become. So Saul is kind of giving us the origin story of those three characters. Saul Goodman in particular. So, you know, where we are now, like I said, we've caught up to the Breaking Bad timeline. We saw Walt and Jesse. And, um, you know, we're seeing um, a particular event that happened between Saul and those two gentlemen. Um, where we saw it in Breaking Bad, it was from Walter's perspective because Walter was the main character. And, you know, he was the focal point. So everything, it's like he was the son and everything else was, you know, the stars and the planets and the, the moons and all of that stuff that, you know, all revolve around the sun. So in this show, he's not that. So now that we're seeing him, we're seeing him from Saul's perspective. So, like I said, it's very interesting the way that they've been doing it. Um, so I've definitely been enjoying that. Looking forward to seeing, you know, what they do with these last couple episodes. And the next time I... The next time I get on here, they'll probably have been, those episodes will have probably aired. So I'll be able to talk about, you know, the way the show ended. But one thing that I do want to say before I move on to the next thing is that one thing I really appreciate about what they decided to do with Saul. Um, I heard that one of the, either the showrunner or writer or somebody at the top of the show said that the, the point of this show or one of the things that they wanted to do with this show is to sort of give you a different understanding and appreciation and 
sort of a, a different way of looking at Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad is definitely considered one of the best shows, um, you know, in TV history or whatever. A lot of people have it, you know, really high. I have it high too. Um, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I watched it when, um, I think like the same year that it ended, 2013 was when I actually binged the, the entire series. It was like maybe a few months after the show, you know, came to an end. So it was on Netflix and I think it's still on Netflix. So if you haven't seen Breaking Bad or if you want to, you know, rewatch it for the first time in a long time, check on Netflix. I'm like 99% sure that it's still on there and you can, you know, binge the entire series. And I believe they have the first five full seasons of Saul on there as well. Um, I don't know if they put anything from season six on there yet, but once this season is over um, in a few weeks, then, you know, they'll probably put that on there. So you'll be able to binge both of these shows in their entirety, you know, probably within a few weeks or months or whatever like that. So keep an eye out for that. But they were saying that they wanted to, you know, make it so that, when you think about Breaking Bad, or even when you go back and rewatch Breaking Bad, now that you've got this information about, you know, some of these characters and seeing things from different perspectives and all of that, that it'll sort of like recalibrate, you know, some of your thoughts about the way that that show, you know, went and, and the things that happened on it. And I mean, it, it made so much sense to me. I was like, I, I guess that is the idea or, or what should be the idea or the point of a prequel anyway. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in that, I want to say that I'm excited to see what um, House of the Dragon looks like. You know, that's the Game of Thrones prequel that's getting getting ready to begin on HBO a little bit later this month. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. And, you know, if we'll be able to say in the long run, if we'll be able to say like, you know, watching that show gave us a different perspective and, and we kind of understand things that happened in Game of Thrones maybe a little bit better or differently um, because of watching House of the Dragon. So, Better Call Saul, been a great, great show. Um, looking forward to seeing the last couple episodes and seeing how they wrap this thing up. Next on our list is Nope, Jordan Peele's latest feature film. Um, I went to go see that about a week ago. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't want to give it away. I won't spoil this, but I will say to you guys what I told one of my coworkers when we talked about it earlier um, today at work. Um, I enjoyed the film. Uh, if you follow me like on Instagram or um, on Twitter uh, at L Brothers Media and at um, South End Cinema, um, on both of those accounts, on each one of those platforms, I do like a movie rating thing. I don't do it for everything that I'm watching, but you know, stuff that I, you know, think that people may want to, you know, check out or whatever like that, or things that I really find interesting, you know, I'll do a rating or whatever like that. And I use like the black fist. So the highest that you can get is like five black fists. I think I gave, um, Nope, like a three or three and a half or something like that. Um, once again, you can, you can check out, check out those, uh, accounts, L Brothers Media and South End Cinema on both Instagram and on uh, Twitter. And you can double check that. But I think I gave it like a three and a half. And I think my comment about it was that um, I was entertained by it. I, I enjoyed the film while I was there. I was actually, there was only me and one other person in the theater when I went. 
Um, when I first got there, I actually thought that I was going to be in there by myself, but this other guy came in um, during the previews, um, and he was in the same row as me. You know, usually when I go to the movies by myself, I like to sit in the back. I mean, I try to sit in the back even if I'm with somebody, but if I go with somebody else, then of course, you know, if, if they want to sit somewhere else, then we can figure something out. Um, but I, when I go by myself, I definitely like to sit um, in the back row. Usually on one of the one of the sides, like either all the way on the left side or all the way on the right side. So I was all the way on the left, and the guy came in during the uh, previews, and he was on the other end of the, the theater or whatever. So we weren't anywhere near each other. We had plenty of space. We were way more than six feet apart. So I actually I pulled my mask, you know, under my nose um, because I felt okay with you know being that far away from the next person. But I enjoyed the film. Um, I thought it was, it was, it, it was entertaining. I thought all the actors did a great job. Um, but I really walked out of there, like not really knowing what the fuck I just saw. You know what I'm saying? Like it was one of those things where like, I really felt like, okay, when I get home, I definitely need to check out some YouTube videos and some podcasts that are talking about this film so that I can get, you know, the thoughts and opinions of what other people, you know, of other people. You know, and, and maybe, you know, because like on YouTube is really good for like, you know, people doing breakdowns of things, you know, people like um, Screen Crush and New Rock Stars and folks like that. You know, they really break down film and television and stuff like that. So I knew that I was going to need that when I left the theater. Um, I'll, I'll say what I said to my coworker, which is that, I, well, that part of it. But then also the thing that I that I said to her was that um, like. If I were to rank, I'm not really a, a ranking or list guy. Like if you ask me, you know, what are your top 10 this or your top five that I don't have those, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't really give you a top whatever number you want to, you know, put in front of me list of things. I can tell you five or 10 or 20 things that I like, but it's not necessarily the, the top one or whatever. But if I were to rank Jordan Peele's three films so far, I would actually put this second. Um, I didn't like Us. I don't know if I... I probably didn't mention that on the podcast. I don't think I was even doing this particular podcast at the time. Um, but I did not like Us. Um, I felt like with Us... I mean, obviously, number one... Number one with a bullet would be Get Out. I have this second, and then I have Us as number three. I didn't like Us because I felt like he was trying to recreate the magic that he had with get out um if you if you've ever seen anchorman or if you've seen um the hangover you know that those the first film in each one of those franchises was like a phenomenon you know what i mean like people really loved those movies they were hilarious it was like something new and different and you know it was like all of these great things going on in that first film but then when they came back with the sequels it was like they were trying to do that again. And that shit fell flat. It didn't work. So even though Us was a different type of film, um, I felt like he was trying to recreate the magic of, um, you know, of Get Out. And I forget, um, I don't know, M. Night's uh, catalog as well, but she said it was, it, it reminded her of, she agreed with me and she said that, you know, it reminded her of how M. Night Shyamalan came out. Like, his first movie was a bang. I think The Sixth Sense was his first joint. 
um, she was like, yo, everybody loved the Sixth Sense, and it was, you know, people were all into it and blah, 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 right? And then when he came back with his next joint, it was like he was trying to do that again, and that shit didn't work, you know what I mean? So for me, that's how Us was. Um, I thought Lupita was great, but everything else in the movie pretty much got on my fucking nerves. So, <laughs> but, um, so for Nope, you know, um, great cast, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, um, Kiki Palmer was in there. Um, Keith David had a very, very short part in the film, but he was in there. Um, Stephen Yoon, who was, um, Glenn from The Walking Dead, um, and a few other folks. So the other cats that were in there, I, I'm not as familiar with them. But the main people that I just mentioned are, are folks that I think pretty much are household names at this point. So everybody did a good job. I'll say that Daniel's character was very quiet. He didn't say a lot, but his performance was more heavy on his facial expressions and, you know, movements and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't, he was like a quiet type of guy. Kiki Palmer to me was the, the best part of the film. Like she was funny. She was like, um, it's, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, you know, they were brother and sister in the film and she's like clearly the much more extroverted of the two siblings. Um, so I put it at second. I felt like Peel was trying to recreate the magic of Get Out. And the other thing that I told my coworker was that I feel like um, in the sense that he was trying too hard in my opinion, with uh, with us, I felt like they could have given us more with Nope. Like, this film to me is very dependent on people's interpretations. Like, I think he's kind of said that. Like, it's kind of more wide open for you to watch it, process it, and then sort of draw your own conclusions about, you know, what you saw in the movie and everything like that. And I kind of felt like you know, I think people are going to do that anyway. That's that's sort of like what we all do anyway is kind of, you know, draw our own conclusions and, and interpret things in our own way, you know, based on our own perspective and biases and all the different shit like that, right? But um, I felt like the movie could have given us a little bit more to chew on instead of it just kind of being like, you know, basically it being a buffet and you just kind of pick whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. So, um, but it was entertaining, like I said, and, and I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed us. So <laughs> if that's worth anything to you, then, then that's what it is. But check out Nope. I, I'll definitely watch it again. I, don't, I probably won't go back to the theater to see it, but whenever it comes to one of the streaming services, I'll check it out again. And with, with the fact that I've already seen it and I've, you know, heard what other people had to say about it. You know, it, it may be given. I may have a better understanding of things the second time. You know, usually when you see something the first time, you can really get it and you can really be into it that first time. But the more and more you see it, you know, you've already you already know what's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So you start picking out little details and different things that you might not have seen the first time around or whatever. So um, I'll definitely be checking it out again. Um, the next thing that I want to mention. Is Hulu's Only Murders in the Building. And we're in season two of Only Murders. I think I talked about Only Murders first season a little bit on some previous episodes of this joint. Um, the gang is back. Um, this time, this season, we're trying to figure out who killed 
uh, Bunny. She was the like, um, I'm I'm not sure what I don't know if she was the HOA president or whatever, but you know they live in this really nice high rise apartment in New York City, and um, she was like the you know the community leader or whatever. Like I said, like HOA person or whatever. So she got murked in this season. So this season we're trying to figure out who killed her, and I think this week's episode was maybe episode seven. Um, I'm not sure how many more there are to go, but, um, you know, it's been fun to watch it and try to figure out, you know, who, um, who the killer is. And I, what I will say about this is that obviously I think that that it's clear from what they showed that it was one person that actually killed her. But I think that there were more people involved. So figuring out exactly who was involved and who was the person who did the murder, you know, um, it's still kind of up in the air. I don't have like a prime candidate. There were some people that I kind of thought were the person at at different points during the season. But right now, I'm not exactly sure who it is. But I do think that there were multiple people involved. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how that wraps up. Like I said, same thing I said about Saul. You know, the next time I holler at y'all, we may be all done with that. So I'll be able to talk about it. And, you know, what I what I think about how they're able to, um, you know, put a bow on this season. Uh, next in line, uh, The Old Man. It's on FX and it's on Hulu as well. Um, me and my mom have been watching this. Um, I think we still have one more episode to go. So I'm not sure how the season ends, but it's pretty interesting. Um you know, for lack of a better comparison, it's kind of like this guy that's being played by Jeff Bridges is sort of like a, a John Wick type of character. Um, but he's an older guy. So, you know, but he's still like a, a world-class assassin and, you know, secret agent and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it stars uh, Jeff Bridges, as I mentioned, and John Lithgow. Um so it's been a pretty interesting ride you know there's there's some good action in there um there's you know some lulls in the action as well um but we've got about one more episode to go so we'll check that out and see how the old man ends but um it's a pretty interesting show so check out a trailer for it check the show out let me know what you think on social media and we'll chop it up Next is The Gray Man. The Gray Man. It's a movie on Netflix with um, Ryan Gosling um, and Chris Evans. Chris Evans, obviously, we know as Captain America. Um, he's been in a lot of other stuff as well, but has probably the biggest role that, that he's known for at this point is, is playing Captain America in the, uh, the Marvel Universe, the MCU Normally, I don't fuck with uh, Ryan Gosling. He's boring as hell to me. He plays the same person in every film. A really, like, soft-spoken, quiet, kind of, like, detached type of dude. And he was pretty much the same way in this film. But it worked because he's, like, a a, a high-level assassin. So, spoiler alert with this one. Um, If you haven't seen this movie... Fast forward this joint and, you know, come back to it once you've, this part of the podcast, come back to it 
once you've had a chance to see the movie. If you don't care about spoilers, then of course keep listening. But the film starts out with him. He's in prison. He killed someone. We find out later on that it was his father. Um, and I think it was his dad. I might. I hope I'm not confusing that with somebody with a, with another film. But he killed somebody, and Billy Bob Thornton comes to him in the prison, and he's like, "Listen, you know, I can get you out of here." sign you up for this special CIA program. You work for us. You'll be able to do what you, what you're clearly really good at, um, which is killing people. And, you know, everything will be good. So he goes out there and he becomes this, you know, this highly trained assassin working for the CIA. Eventually, he gets on their bad side. So they decide that they want to take him out. So very much like John Wick, they put out a hit on him. And so now every other assassin is trying to come for him. And the main one that's coming for him is Chris Evans. And like I said, normally I don't fuck with Ryan Gosling, but the role that he was playing in this film, like like that, that really like detached type of guy, like that whole thing that I described earlier, it actually worked really well for this character. Because you would imagine that most people that do this type of job, and we've seen these type of films before, even John Wick, I mentioned John Wick, you know, John Wick doesn't really say a lot, you know what I'm saying? There's other characters in his in his movies that are more talkative and seem to have a bit more of a personality, but you can, you can kind of be a really stoic, calculated, meticulous type of person, you know, that's, that's very well suited for this type of, you know, of job and this type of uh, role or whatever, so Gosling's thing worked in this particular instance Chris Evans though this dude was funny as hell yo like I didn't know I've seen him in other stuff but mostly what I know him for is the Captain America role and he does a great job with that and he's got some you know some comedy bits that he does playing that character but he was really fucking funny in this movie so Chris Evans is coming at him and everything like that and you know eventually they have their big showdown and you know they settle that and um i thought the movie was really good we both enjoyed it you know like i said i watched it with, with my mother and you know we really both enjoyed it and um i think i gave it like a four or a five on my uh, social media stuff so definitely check out the gray man it's a lot of really good action it's like my man rod from the black out tip says it's a it's an impossible white man movie so there's a lot of things that, you know, are really convenient at times. And, you know, a lot of the cliches that you see um, in movies like this, you know, whether it be anything from John Wick to, you know, the Die Hard films and, you know, Expendables and all these type of films, you know, they've, they've got a lot of tropes that they, you know, that they touched on. And there's a few of them in this one, too, but, you know. Like the best of the other ones, you know, when it's done right and it's done well, then it, it really works. Um, another thing that I want to mention that um, I actually didn't write down, but it just came to my mind as I was just speaking. Top Gun Maverick. Um, Moms and I went to go see that a few weeks ago. And that shit was really good, man. We both enjoyed that. Um, we watched the original Top Gun on Netflix a few weeks before that just to kind of refresh ourselves and 
you know, just to have something to sit down and watch, you know, on a, a day where neither one of us were really doing anything. And um, so that was fun. And then there was a day, um, I think I might have taken a day off of work or something like that. And we went to go to the movies to go see uh, Maverick. That shit was good, man. And this one, Tom, Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, is an instructor. You know, in the original, he was a student at the Top Gun. Um, and now he's an instructor and he's trying to teach this, this group of young, you know, young cocky kids who, you know, think that they know it all and everything. They've got this mission that they've got to go on and he's, he's the, the one that's teaching them. He's going to, you know, give them everything that they need to, to pull it off. But then of course, because it's Tom Cruise, you know, he had to be involved in the, in the actual thing too. Like you knew that he wasn't going to just teach them and then let them go off and do the mission or whatever right so you know when it gets to that point in the film you know what I'm saying he's doing his thing but it's like a lot of really dope action i saw some behind the scenes stuff after i saw the movie and um the way that they shot the, the stuff with the jets was really cool they had cameras inside of the planes um the actors actually had to learn how to fly obviously they weren't flying um the main jets that they were fighting, the F-18s or whatever those were, they weren't actually flying those, but they did have to learn how to fly. Um, and they were actually in the planes while the stunts were being done, if I'm not mistaken. They weren't flying them, but, you know, they were they were in there. And they actually had to press record on their own cameras. So when you watch the movie and you see different stuff that's happening and you see it from the perspective of the cockpit, like we're in the cockpit, with the actor in those scenes they had to actually start the recording and stop it um when when the scene was over with or whatever so it takes you inside the jets and you know the action was great a lot of you know tense moments there was some good comedy it was just a really well done and well balanced film so if you haven't seen it at the theater, if you can still go see it at the theater, definitely definitely see it at the theater if you still can. Um, but be sure to check it out whenever it drops on streaming as well. You know what I mean? Um, I'd I, I look forward to watching it again. Um, so that's Top Gun Maverick. Uh, few more things. Um, next up is a documentary from uh, Showtime called NYC Point Guards. And it's about point guards from um, New York City pretty self-explanatory you got guys like my man kenny smith from north carolina i mean he's from queens new york you know what i'm saying shout out to all my my queens people all my new york people i'm from connecticut so i'm i'm your next door neighbor but um you know as you may know if you don't know i'm a big north carolina fan um in terms of college sports right so i'm a little too young to have seen kenny you know, when he was when he was doing this thing at Carolina, I was a real, you know, small kid. Um, you know, he was there in the early 80s. I probably didn't start really paying attention until the late 80s, like 87, 88 or whatever. He was already in the league by then. You know, he played with Michael Jordan, you know, when, when they were both in college or whatever. So, you know, um, I think he was a sophomore or junior when MJ got there. Um so he's a little older than me. I saw Kenny in the NBA, but I didn't see him at uh, at North Carolina. But, you know, they have him in there. They've got guys like, um, who else was in there? Sham God Wells, a.k.a. God, Sham God. 
Kenny Anderson, Stephon Marbury, Mark Jackson, um, Pearl Washington. Um, they mentioned Ray for Austin, AKA skip to my Lou. You know, there's a lot of different guys like that. So it was just talking about like the legacy of New York city point guards. Um, you know, their dribbling styles, you know what I'm saying? Um, their game, there was kind of a little thing that they was talking about how like a lot of the point guards that come out of New York city don't have jump shots. You know, they got handles for days. They can get, you know, finish around the rim and all of that, but they can't shoot the ball for shit. Um, <laughs> and they were kind of like joking about it. Like, yo, you know, you playing outside on the blacktop, you know, it, you playing out in, in all types of weather. So I might shoot the ball, but the wind may take it or whatever like that. So, but that shit was really good. I'm a basketball head. I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. So, and I love documentaries. So a documentary that's about anything related to basketball, obviously, is going to be something that's right up my alley. I might not watch them all. I might not like them all. But that's definitely my style, right? So check that out if you have Showtime or if you have a way to watch that joint. NYC Point Guards. Um, that was definitely a five-fist um, situation. Uh, next up, Stranger Things Season 4. Overall, I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the fifth season. Um, there's a few things here and there that I could, you know, criticize or whatever. But overall, I liked it. I liked the um, the way that they were able to put things together. You know, obviously, with all of these projects that I've been talking about, you know, the last few years have been hell on everybody. So, you know, with COVID and, you know, all the other stuff that's going on. So for them to be able to put together a successful season of Stranger Things was good. Of course, the visual effects were great. Um, it's crazy how big the kids have gotten. Like they they need to hopefully they're shooting the final season now. I think there's supposed to be a time skip as well. So in this season there was a time skip to like the mid '80s. So now they're in like they're all just entering high school. Um, and in the final season, I think I heard they're going to skip. They may even get into the 90s um, with the final season, which would make sense because as tall and big as some of these kids are starting to get now, you know, them being in middle school is damn sure not going to work. <laughs> so saying that they're like, you know, maybe like in their junior or senior year of high school or maybe even about to enter college or whatever, because a lot of these young men and women are about 17, 18 years old now. So they're actually college age kids. So we'll see how far they skip ahead. But if it ends up being with them being, you know, at least graduated from high school and possibly in college or whatever, then that will make a lot of sense. But I like the um, the way that things went. Um, I'll say this, like the the main villain they actually created a main villain that was a, a person and all of that. Right. Excuse me. Um, I like the way that they did that. There was there was something about this particular guy when they started showing him earlier in the season where I knew that he was somebody important. And I kind of figured out to a certain extent, you know, who he may be. But when they finally revealed who he really was and that he was the main villain... I was like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting that. So I think they gave us enough for us to know that, like, okay, there's something up, something up with this dude. Like I said, um, I'll compare it to, like, um, Get Out. 
So when you first saw Get Out, you probably knew there was some crazy shit going on with these white folks, right? Like, you knew that there was something not, you know, everything that you were seeing was not everything that was there. There was there was some funny shit going on, not just the microaggressions and the subtle racism and the things like that, but you could tell that there was something up. But I don't think any of us put together the fact that they were doing surgery in the basement and taking over black people's brains and shit like that. I think most of us thought that the hypnosis was probably the extent of it. Like they were hypnotizing black people to, you know, be servants and, and be lovers and all that kind of stuff. Like if that would have been it, then, you know, we probably would have been cool with that. But that extra mile of, no, there's a surgery process that they're doing and, you know, all that kind of shit. It was like, yo, this nigga really put a super twist on this. So for me, when they revealed Vecna's identity, it was kind of like that. Like I, I got it to a certain extent, but I didn't take it to the all the way to the finish line until they started to reveal it. So I like how they unfolded all of that. Um, so Stranger Things 4 was good. Um, like I said, looking forward to the final season whenever that drops. And I've heard that the Duffler brothers are going to have like a kind of like a Stranger Things universe where they're going to be doing other shows, spinoff shows that are kind of tied to this or whatever, like in the same universe. So we'll see how that goes whenever that stuff starts coming out. And the last thing that I want to mention here before we get off is um, season two of The Upshaws on um, on Netflix. Overall, I enjoyed it. I liked it like I liked the first season. I think I saw that they got renewed for a third season. Um, I want to say that, that they did announce that already. If they didn't, then I definitely hope they do get a third. But I'm pretty sure that they, they're getting another season. So it was funny again. Um, you know, I really appreciate, you know, the work that Mike Epps, Wanda Sykes, and Kim Fields and those kids are doing. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And um, if you haven't seen The Upshaws, then I definitely would recommend it to you. Um, like I said, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. They're two seasons in. Um, last season, the first season came out like last year. And then um, season two dropped this year in 2022 so that's a a good thing to check out if you haven't already especially um if you need some laughs you know we all need something that can bring us some laughter and some joy and stuff like that and one thing that i like about the upshaws before i wrap it up one thing that i do like about the show is that it's a realistic show like it's not like the cosby show where everything was perfect and they had the perfect family and you know, and all that kind of stuff, or even like Fresh Prince. There were different issues and different serious moments and things that, that happened on those shows at times. But, you know, for the most part, you look at the Banks family, you look at the Huxtables, and it was like this, you know, this this pristine image of a family. And that was definitely something that we needed. Um, black people needed to see that. And the rest of America and the rest of the world needed to see that as well. They need to see us in that way as well. But um, the Upshaws, they got flaws. You know what I'm saying? Mike Epps' character, Benny, he, he he's cheated on his wife a few times. So there's some trust issues there. He's got an outside kid. You know what I'm saying? That's, he's got like, they call it on the show, they call it ghetto twins. He's got a, a daughter with his wife who's 13 or 14. 
um, and he's got a son that's the same age, but the son is by another woman. So he he had two women pregnant at the same time. His wife and this side piece were pregnant, you know, at the same time. So and those two actually go to the same school. The son is really popular and stuff like that. And, you know, the daughter is, is trying to find her way and trying to, you know, become a popular kid and all that kind of stuff. So you got that kind of like teenage drama. Um, they've got a little a little girl. She's like about, you know, seven or eight years old. And then their, their oldest child is their son, Bernard, um, Bernard um, Jr., Benny Jr. And, you know, he and his pops, you know, they, they've got some issues. Um, you know, we actually find out. Um, in the first season that, that Benny is, is gay and there's an episode in there where it comes out, you know, some of the other family members, you know, they, they already kind of knew in the audience, we, we knew what was up, but you know, there's an episode where he comes out and tells his dad. And, um, I really like the way that they handled that. That's at the end of the first season. I like the way that, that they had Mike Epps respond to his son telling him that he was gay. So check that out. Um, if you haven't seen it, The Upshaws, Netflix, and um, that's about it, man. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this joint up and um, get ready to do a little bit of editing on it and then uh, put it out there for y'all to listen to. And um, I'm going to try to come back sometime soon and talk about some of these things that we mentioned a little earlier. You know, those shows like Saul and The Old Man, that should be wrapping up. Um and I'll be able to talk about them um, in their entirety and probably only murders as well. Um, I'll be able to talk about them as completed pieces of work at that time. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, like I said, it's my first time recording on this brand new computer. Broke out the old snowball mic or whatever. So we'll see how this goes. But um, once again, check out um, my man Jamil after this LLC. Um, check me out on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can check out L Brothers Media at L Brothers Media. And okay, we'll do it like this. I'll break down each social media joint. So Twitter first at L Brothers Media at South End Cinema at Look Listen Pod. Check out each one of those three joints. If you're not following me on there and interacting with me on those three get with it instagram l brothers media south end cinema and lbm food the lbm food joint is pictures um and now i'm posting tiktok stuff because i just got on tiktok um pictures and video of food that i cook you know what i'm saying i've been cooking the last couple years since the pandemic got started or whatever i've been learning how to cook so I've been taking a lot of pictures and, and putting them online. L Brothers Media account, you can see pretty much all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Basically, whatever type of things that I might post, I'm going to put it on the L Brothers Media IG account. But if you just want to see the movie stuff, movie and TV stuff, then check out South End Cinema. And if you just want to see the food stuff, then check out LBM Food. And on TikTok, it's L Brothers Media as well. You know what I mean? So... Check me out on all of those, and um, I'm going to holler back at y'all sometime soon. Peace.